Hello and welcome to The Culture Brokers, stories from 1.5 generation immigrants. In this series, we explore the unique experiences of individuals who immigrate to a new country before adolescence. Each episode will discuss different themes relevant to this demographic as they navigate through life while trying to understand what it means to belong to different cultures. So I was home for the holidays. It was nice. I was reading a tweet about how when you're back at your parents' house, it feels like 3 a.m. 10 o'clock feels like 3 a.m. in your own apartment. Yeah. So I'm reverting back to my like high 17-year-old self, like in pajamas. One of the days we were watching um, home videos, and one of the videos that we found, my brother and I, it's also interesting to see how much of your personality and like just you personified on a screen. It's so different when you see a middle school version of yourself. And you remember distinctly, like, who that person was because you are that person. Um, for me, I was a really moody kid. And I, like, for me, retrospectively, look, retrospectively mm-hmm. looking at it now, I'm like, oh, you know, I was always, like, really in my feelings. I always felt really misunderstood. Like, the black sheep of the family. Like, always had all these, like, angsty things no one really kind of empathized with. Um, but watching me on a video camera, I was like, oh my god, this girl's so moody. Like, she's just, like, sitting there, and she just looks moody. Parts of me were coming out, like, at times, like, quirky little bits. But it was really interesting to see that because my brother was very, like, full of life and, like, really, like, silly and, like, always just super chill, I guess. But now, anyways, we've reverted. So I was looking at this video, and, you know, there's me, um, this whole trip kind of, like, in this car. We had a – it was, like, our first – hand portable video camera so we were really excited to use it and most of the trip I was like sleeping or like kind of grumpy and then when we're coming back to Canada we just went to America for I think like three weeks literally not that long we went to like Delaware Washington and New York and we're coming back from Delaware and it was 45 minutes of footage of me like us driving into Canada the Canadian border and then just taking this video camera and just zooming into things in my neighborhood at the time being like and just being like I'm so happy to be home like it's a Canadian bus it's a Canadian mall it's Canadian trees Canadian water Canadian like I zoomed in on my mom I was a Canadian mom (laughs) zoomed in on my dad Canadian dad Canadian brother all the way to like us pulling into our apartment garage parking coming to elevator my mom's like I know in this video like get some bags like help out I'm like hold on I took a video of our like apartment and it was just really funny to like look at that video because and it's just so poignant for like what 1.5 and what we're doing now because I just see such a completely different person like it's nice to see that I'm happy for myself and my childhood self that I had this strong identification with being Canadian and like wanting to like come home and feel Canadian and like label everything as Canadian because that's familiar to me I'm happy I was able to have that experience but I don't not really feel that way anymore and I wouldn't say that's because of a conscious decision on my part to not be Canadian or not feel Canadian but I've been reminded in my own short life in the past recent years of like times that you are othered or you're not you don't fit the normative understanding of what Canadian looks like even though there's a lot of discourse on like Canadian multiculturalism and can Canada's not a Canada's not a assimilation model it's a melting pot or whatever or it's other it's a not a melting pot it's a mosaic yeah right we hear that mm-hmm. but the reality is that that's not how the rest of my adolescent years kind of went but I thought that was a really interesting 
memory and it was a really sweet kind of touching thing um and it's just interesting to reflect on how much has changed i guess in terms of how you identify when would you say not that there's like one specific point in your life that you could point to but just generally speaking you know it's been what like 15 years since then yeah something like that around when would you say things started to evolve a little bit for you in terms of how you identified yourself it's funny because I think for me personally it was always a really complicated story I was actually surprised to see this video of me being super like yuppie to be Canadian because I think when I first came to Canada because we came here from Zambia and my parents are from Bangladesh and my ancestry is Bangladeshi but when you're a kid and everyone tells you like where they're from they're all from the same country they were born and so then at that age I was really confused because I was like well I'm born here but I'm not Zambian like I knew that and then there'd be a lot of questions around that and then I didn't understand what like Bangladesh to me was just a completely foreign concept like I didn't I knew my parents I knew I spoke Bangla at home I knew my parents were from Bangladesh but I didn't visit I didn't have any like memories with it until I went to Bangladesh when I was in third grade and even then I felt like that was like this you know piece of my culture that I really could enjoy and participate in but it didn't feel like I could wear it I guess like with authentic ways that my cousins could and so I don't know it's really weird but I guess like for a long time you don't at least for me like middle school high school I wasn't conscious about identity and who I was really in terms of like you know, like cultural personified or like where do you fit along the spectrum? I think it was just sort of like, yeah, you're Canadian, you go to Canada, you celebrate Canada Day, you hang out with your friends, like just normalized sort of things. But I say what the what made me really feel it actually for the first time wasn't even until I was in, I was doing my master's. I think there were certain microaggressions during undergrad, but more so kind of in the context of like, me being a someone that's studying political science and understanding kind of world issues, there'd be conversations that I had in the classroom that made me kind of like reflect on the privileges of people in the room and sort of biases and discrimination that people had. But like, and I didn't really understand where to place myself because I knew I didn't identify the same way, but I didn't feel that to be like a personal attack on my identity. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there'd be conversations and you're like, okay, that's problematic, but you kind of move on. But then when I went to Queens, it was the first time, honestly, like I, I even like I, I went to my parents at this graduation party and I was, I was saying in this, I gave a speech and I was giving a shout out to my parents because I was saying how, you know, I grew up in Canada for the most part. I like, I have all these privileges of being an able-bodied person that can dress a certain way, that can fit into like spaces without drawing too much attention to myself. I don't have any like visible markers of a religion or an ethnicity really, um, I guess aside from the color of your skin um but like there's been a lot of reasons for me not to get othered in terms of an immigrant like specifically and it wasn't until queens where literally first day day one from the jump like people who shall not be named like in our program themselves that were saying all these things or asking questions and you're like wait a second like you guys don't think of me as the same as you and it was such a mind-boggling thing like just completely for the first time being like I and Queens like just the privilege and like just knowing the like whiteness of Kingston and like the structures in place with like the power dynamics and the money and the wealth disparities all that like we're talking about the like a very elitist sort of 
institution Mm -hmm. and then you're kind of thrown into it and you're like okay shit this is real right like people really experience stuff and it sounds really ignorant to say that now but it wasn't until yeah like 23 22 23 Mm -hmm. that i was like okay like i'm some i'm perceived as someone different Mm -hmm. and foreign to this country for a lot of people even my peers and that was like a disappointing experience i have to say it's interesting because that's exactly when we met yeah and now that i'm thinking about it i i really have no idea what you were like before that (laughs) um so we met at queen's first week i think we were doing our grad school we were starting public policy both super excited and eager and um our program had this kickoff conference and i think it was on the topic of immigration actually so all these scholars were there Mm -hmm. from all over the world and there was this one presentation um where somebody from the uk i thankfully don't remember his name anymore but he was presenting something on the um he was making he was presenting facts and data to a this big room full of really important people on the effects of migration and um i think he made a point about about like criminality or, mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. you know it's tying immigrant rates to crime rates and it just it wasn't that it was like flat out wrong it was just that it was such for me it was like such an oversimplification and like correlation so therefore causation mm-hmm. and such a problematic statement to make that you know, I was immersed in everything that was going on around me, but I heard this and my head just like shot up and I was just like, what just happened? And I looked around and I saw you and yeah. you had the exact same expression on your face and that's pretty much where it all began. Um, and uh, so, yeah, Queens was an interesting and unique experience, but when I think about, as I'm listening to you speak and I think about my own experiences, yeah, about yours. I, I actually... I, so I came to Canada from Iran when I was nine with my family, and I ha- lived in North York until I went to uni- university for my undergrad. Um, and it, I really would say that all the way up until age of like eighteen, when I started university, I did I felt Canadian as well, mm-hmm. and I did not feel in any shape or form that I'm a mon- minority because. Everybody I associated with, every school that I was a part of, every community or group that I'd associated with was just by, like, geography, by nature of, like, that neighborhood's demographic, um, very diverse. Mm -hmm. And it was not dominantly one group or another. I just had friends. Every other friend was from somebody somewhere else originally. And that, looking back, was actually just such a unique, blessed way Mm -hmm. to grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really loved Canada and I, not that I don't anymore, but like, I just thought it was like exactly what everybody said it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for me, starting at, uh, studying at University of Toronto sort of started, like began to change that a little bit for me, but still not too much, but, but, it, but I started to associate with groups from, um, different parts of Canada, different parts of the world. I start to get a better sense of like privilege in terms of socioeconomic status, especially, and also um, just the privilege of like passing down information and knowledge past like down generations. Which I actually just read something about um, t- today. I was listening to a podcast actually, and it was about 
the study that's been done on the um, how first generation immigrants struggle a lot in university mm-hmm. and there's this immense amount of like kind of improvement in their performance as soon as they connected them to mentors and the whole idea behind that is that like information sharing about hey this is what this experience is going to be like mm-hmm. these are here are some tips on um, how to find yourself and how to do well uh, in this institution is it could be so important and you know certain groups are really missing that so yeah I started to get like a little bit familiar with that in undergrad but it was right after I finished school and the two years that I took off between um I started before I started at Queens for my grad school that I kind of got that shock to the system I worked at a law firm and I started associating with people on a day-to-day basis that I'd never associated with before in my life Mm -hmm. and the kind of information that I became privy to, the kind of opinions and mentalities, you know, I was, uh, because of the color of my skin, but in combination with my name and my last name, I can be white passing, but I'm, people often know I'm not fully Canadian, but they don't know I'm from the Middle East. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and I, for the most part, don't have an accent, so I can get by. And because of that, they would say certain things in front of me Mm. or ask me certain questions that really like shocked me to my core of I can't believe people think this way I can't believe that um you know it started to break down this notion of Canada for me and it was pretty difficult especially at a young Mm. age to process all that but then I came to Queens and that was another unique experience (laughs) on its own um but also not like all negative either like you know it was the first time where I was like oh like maybe I'm not Canadian because I don't go like ice hawking on the middle of the park after work on Thursdays you know like that's just not something I'd ever really thought about or seen but at Queens it was like so common like mm-hmm. every you know random neighborhood park suddenly had an icing rink and like it's cute and it was like nice to watch but it also still reinforced mm-hmm. that like feeling of otherness mm-hmm. of Basically, just realizing how where you grow up ends up having such a strong influence of your perception of um, the country, mm-hmm. of um, your privilege, and like how much of it you have, how how much of it you're missing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been. But I think like we were kind of mentioning talking about this before, but like it's just constant back and forth. I mean, it's been three years now since grad school. Um, But for me, like 19 years since, or 18 years since my family and I came to Canada, and it's just this constant, like we're on the spectrum of Iranian-ness or Canadian-ness, and it's just this back and forth constantly, depending on the life circumstances and the situations that I'm in. And it's, I think that's, like really why we're friends because a lot of our conversations end up being around the like frustrations but also the beautiful nuances that come yeah. from this um and the most importantly i think the thing that like the added layer that makes this whole thing so much more interesting is that we're not just iranian canadian or bangladeshi canadian we're 1.5 generation immigrants which um to kind of reiterate is what we refer to people who have immigrated to a country before the age of adolescence because you have had enough time you've spent enough time in your adopted community 
to also pick up a lot of its cultural norms and its like beliefs and values so you end up being this like interesting amalgamation this random mix of both and you obviously don't do it conscientiously especially when you're little you know like thinking back to your story you just at that age just loved it so much you were calling your mom a canadian mom um (laughs) you kind of like make all these decisions as a child without knowing it and then end up having to spend the rest of your life reflecting on it yeah but i feel like that is something that deserves a lot of like and like discussion like mm-hmm. there's so much to unpack there there's so many different um you know experiences that we've had that we've like come to each other with mm-hmm. and we've found so much comfort mm-hmm. in each other's stories being like oh my god that's actually happened to me too and i've never thought about categorizing it as like related to my like exactly. otherness or my my 1.5 generationness um and maybe we can like through this channel through this like platform extend this way further than just our like mm-hmm. one to one-on-one conversations yeah you can we, that's what kind of the goal is right because like with you and you were the one that kind of brought this language of 1.5 to my attention like i didn't it's so comforting knowing that there's language behind your experiences right because that's language is politics and politics obviously governs our day-to-day even when we're not thinking of it and when there's no sort of like existing like discourse around a shared experience it becomes really hard to mobilize to kind of form community and for you like for me and you it's through this like organic conversation of like hey there's this experience that I had and it made me feel kind of bad and awkward or uncomfortable and then finding commonality in it that we were able to like for me like the amount of inside I've been able to grow from in the past two years or you know we've been talking about this for a little while but like even just with my friends and the conversations I've been having in recent years honestly a lot of it stems from this like introspection of your influences of culture of of identity of like what it means to be xyz nationality and when you lean into those kind of conversations you learn so much about yourself and it it you learn things like shame and you learn things like fear you learn things like what made you feel vulnerable what made you feel insecure you know for some people it goes into like bullying and you know a lot of unpacking that can take place and some of it's just related to childhood and being a kid and not really knowing but I don't know I feel like some for me this is kind of like a coming of age project like I I think back to how much more confident I am right now as opposed to who I was like that girl on that video and like my goal would be to try and bring this confidence of knowing exactly where you're from or even if you don't know the language of not knowing can be familiar and comforting and make you sort of like assured that you're not different or unusual that this is like a common experience people have had and if you can find some comfort in that you might be able to be more confident in your day-to-day and how you come off rather than being like insecure and worried or scared or even if you're not consciously some of those things you might be like manifesting some of those feelings internally without Mm -hmm. realizing it right like for us like those art we've read articles of people who you know you it's easy enough for us to kind of take this cloak off and be like in between with quite some ease because we can go see our families and like like slip into like our comfort cultural understandings of what it means to be in that space and then we can come back to work the next day and just like 
continue and having random small talk conversations with people on the terms that they understand. But there's people who can't do that. There's people who um, are like called out for it or who are made to feel uncomfortable or visibly feel that they don't belong in a space. And once that consciousness starts happening, like, I don't know, I feel like the psychological impacts of feeling, it's one thing to feel different and, and unique or different in general is not a bad thing, but it's another thing to feel, I don't know, like othered. It's just, it's not a good human feeling. Like mm-hmm. I don't imagine there's many people in this world who feel really good about feeling like someone's making them feel like they're a different mm-hmm. kind of person or doesn't belong. So yeah, I think there's a lot of comfort in when we realize that we've all gone through some of the same experiences and we can help each other learn and and heal from that and to also like expand how we view ourselves like it's not just one sort of dynamic conversation around it means to be an immigrant in Canada and it's not just a duality of like either good or bad or uncomfortable or or accepting it's like a whole like spectrum of feelings and emotions and they can change from day to day right Mm -hmm. depending on I don't know depending on a lot of things I think it would be also really interesting to look at incidents that I know we've spoken about before where it's not so much that somebody makes you feel othered it's that a certain situation or certain conversation Mm -hmm. makes you realize that you are a combination of so many different roots and influences and that you just don't fit this one box or two boxes even you're just some abstract amalgamation so I am thinking about incidents where it's kind of like reversed and I'm amongst like my family or, you know, a big group of Iranians who uh, maybe are like first generation immigrants. They came to Canada at a much older age and so they have much stronger experiences and memories of Iran. And they're discussing something. They're, you know, expressing some opinions or just you know something comes up that makes me realize that I also don't fully fit in there Mm -hmm. and I can't um I guess it's just like a very natural you know as you said like kind of human thing to not want to feel othered I think like I'm assuming that's tied to our natural human need to be like like to belong and to be a part of a group um I know for me I always really appreciate having like people to look up to or like you know um oh if this person's experienced like this being able to compare myself Mm -hmm. against that and like two years from that maybe I'll do this and whatever you know and what I guess ends up happening is um when you have like when you don't fully feel associated with them and everyone else seems to be on page except you and Mm -hmm. that group you start to like without anyone's negative intention or anything you're other now because you're now realizing that this isn't you're not associating right now Mm -hmm. you're not um relating but i think that's sort of like the first like reaction the first layer and over time i've been able to also think about how this goes so much deeper than that this is actually maybe an amazing thing that this like you know with mass migration and just like globalization and everything obviously like um the face of like a lot of nations like Canada is evolving and changing and this could actually be amazing because Mm -hmm. like it's our generation and it's people like us who have a bit of um, 
handle on two different groups and two different cultures who can be the bridge mm-hmm. um and so it's going and taking that initial kind of negative experience and like bringing it and maybe making it into something positive and productive and um hopeful mm-hmm. so that's a really beautiful sentiment and a note to end off on <laughs> hopeful no yes. i think so too i think it's like recognizing the skill set that you've been able to kind of finesse like you know yeah I was a moody kid and I didn't really know how to feel with all my feelings but I learned and I adapted and I queens like brought together as much as it was not the best situation context of Donald Trump election a lot of the things that went down that year Muslim ban um being a program that focus on policy understanding the heavy implications of something like that kind of band and how it affects geopolitics and identities of people around the world you know we really grew from that and i think now we're able to kind of be like come with a little bit of a push right like you are in the we're in the workplace now and we know we know these subtle nuances now and we can pick them up i think a lot quicker than i know i would have had the ability to when, when i was younger and I feel more comfortable calling them out. I feel more comfortable, like, being proud to say, like, well, based on my perspective on this, like, you know, and feeling that that's warranted. I feel like we've come a long way, but I'm really excited to see how these kinds of conversations can, like, continue to help us grow and what else we can end up talking about and how we can find ourselves benefiting. And hopefully anyone that is listening and learning with us might also be able to benefit and help pass on the message and we can all kind of find this common sort of community in the fact that yeah we've had this shared experience and it's kind of under discussed there's not a whole lot of conversation around like specifically the 1.5 generation immigrant experience and and the implications it's had for us as like adolescents and like youth and a new sort of environment and how it influenced like all the layers like puberty coming of age boyfriends relationships like Mm -hmm. so much girlfriends partners i don't know yeah there's a lot to talk about and i actually that made me think about like all the amazing kind of sources we've been coming across Mm -hmm. recently in our research for this um in our preparation realizing that there's so many people out there just in toronto who are doing um work that has to do with like similar themes of like bringing together people who like have that otherness kind of experience and want to make it into something productive so looking forward to learning and meeting people like that as well yeah okay i think we're good for now. okay i think we're good